0: Good afternoon for those of you on the East Coast. All right. Stand with me. Hold your Bibles up high if you would. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So glad that all of you are here. Uh, It's going to be an incredible day, and uh, not just here, but in your life. Uh, uh, We're segueing out of the the series I was doing on designer living. Uh, In other words, uh, we are who we are because of the choices that we make, not because of the choices others have made. Now, others might have Uh, instigated something or stimulated a choice that we made, but still we made the choice. And so we design our lives, and we live our lives, and the outcome of our lives will be the choices for the most part that we've made. Now, there are bumps along the way. There are situations and circumstances that we encounter that often alter our course, but the course, just because it alters our course doesn't mean it should alter our destiny. Uh, the children of Israel should have been able to get from Egypt to the promised land in just around two weeks. It took 40 years, and uh, their destiny was in place, but their course was altered. And the reason they took a different route, because they felt like they couldn't stand against the enemies on the shortest route, so Siri redirected them. And so what happens sometimes is we we forget that the course sometimes is different than we would like or hope for but God's purpose and destiny remains the same and so sometimes we allow things to happen that cause us to think that God has a different plan than what we originally thought and that we start redesigning and redefining according to circumstances instead of the Word of God or the the, 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 the spirit of God leading us so very important that we understand that now, the whole idea of segwaying from designer living there's a reason behind that and it's the reason is that god wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing so a lot of people on earth have a challenge believing that god is really truly not just people christians that god is truly involved and cares about our everyday life and and we wonder why things oftentimes do uh, end up the way they end up or things are where they are. The reality is that though God is sovereign, God works through willing and obedient people. So God, if, if God were just strictly sovereign, He'd do whatever He wanted without any approval from us but or a cooperation from us or approval. So God uses our will as it is submitted to Him to produce the blessings we desire from Him. The challenge is oftentimes, and please follow this closely, I grew up in a very denominational church. We didn't ever really talk about the power of our words. We only talked about the power of His Word. His Word is powerful, but His Word becomes our words, or they should. The challenge is that oftentimes we blame God for things that we have created ourselves. If you are at odds with someone right now because of something you said, that's not God's fault. That's your fault. Well, God, they needed to hear it, and I told them straight like it was, I'm an honest, authentic person, and you're also an idiot (laughs) when you don't say it in a way that might be redemptive. See what I'm saying? You might be right, but being right is not as important as making right. So how do you make right? And still be right, but if you want to make right, you have to let go of being right, because when you make right, you'll let them know you were right. And that's not godly either. The whole goal and desire of life is to have peace and joy in the presence of God and in the midst of crises, okay? So I'm going to just spend a little bit of time today opening this series up on Designing a blessing. How do I walk in blessing? Because I never heard this. I never, I never heard it. I just thought God randomly blessed people. I thought there were families that God liked more than our family. That's what it appeared to me. Have any of you ever been there? Like, well, why do they get everything? And rather than asking them how they got everything, you just start talking about them. Look, if you, somebody's getting everything, you might want to spend a little time with them. Say, what are you doing to get this? Think about it. But we get jealous, our egos start playing things out instead of saying, I want to learn. One person said, I've never lost in my life, I've won a lot and I've learned a lot. Let me tell you something, you win or learn, you don't win or lose. Because if the points on the board, you say, well, we lost, not really, if you learned something, you didn't lose, you won. The scoreboard might not have reflected it, but you learned something. That's what life is about, is not looking at win-loss, it's looking at win-learned. What can I do to learn so that I don't repeat the things in my life that are uh, not satisfying to me or good for me? What can I do to live my life in a way to be most blessed? And it's not selfish to be blessed. God is a blessor. That's what he he told Abraham. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. God wants to bless you. And until you get that in your heart, you will never experience the blessing of God because without faith you cannot possess it didn't say you might not have money or you might not have good things. I'm talking about blessing. I'm talking about spiritual wholeness that includes mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, relational health, financial health. All of that's what I'm talking about. That's true wealth. I'm not talking about just finances. I'm talking about I want to walk in the blessing of God. And and, and used to religious people would say, well, that should not be your pursuit. When you are blessed by God, you are reflecting the goodness of God to a world that needs to see Him. When you have a smile on your face, you have a skip in your step, you have a positive word in your mouth, you are different than a world system that is always talking about gloom and doom and tension and fear and hate and all of those things. When you can look into the face or stand in a crowd of angry people with a smile and joy on your face, you'll, you'll make a difference in that crowd. Either that or they'll kill you and you'll just go to heaven. I mean, you can't lose. We're living in the most tense, frustrating times of my young life. I know I have a lot of years left, but I'm just looking around going, you know, God, I want to I learn through this process. I don't want to jump on somebody's bandwagon. I don't want to get emotionally connected to a, somebody dumb. I want to stay happy, and a part of staying happy and joyful is determined by the words of your mouth. Do you not realize the whole world was created not by God's strength, but by God's words? Oh, I'm sure he could have used all of his strength to to put the galaxies in place, but rather than using his strength and, and showing brawn and muscle, it says that God spoke and things came into existence. Now, religious people, denominational people, oftentimes hate this message because you can't just speak and things happen. No, I'm not talking about speaking and they happen. I'm talking about speaking and declaring you believe in the one who can make them happen. That's what speaking and confession is about, is telling God, I believe in you. I believe nothing's impossible with you. Nothing's too difficult for you. Everything that the devil meant for harm, you're going to turn for good. That's what I'm talking about right now. I'm not saying I can speak to something and it happened. I can speak to the God who can make it happen. I can affirm what He's already said. Call Him into remembrance of His Word. It's very, very important that we understand this is the liberty that we've been given in God, is to agree with Him or disagree with Him. This book is called a covenant book. And a lot of people are looking to our country, which is a constitution. This is a covenant. I believe in this covenant over a constitution any day. I believe that this book is what tells me how things are going to be. Regardless, I know this book. You can throw me in a lion's den. You can put me in a fire. But at the end of the day, I get to live as long as God wants me to live. Thank all 22.5% of you. I want us to grasp this today more than ever. We spend more time talking about our problems than the God who's taken care of all those problems already. But we have to acknowledge that. If I go around like a naysayer and a fearful person and a scared person, I won't help anybody. We need to take our Tigger tablets We need to get a little more bounce in our lives, a little more confidence in our confession. Turn to the greatest book in the Bible, the book of Mark. Chapter 11, verse 22, Jesus' message Bible. Jesus was matter-of-fact. Embrace this God life. I love that because embrace it. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. Don't give in. When things don't go the way you think they should go, you didn't get what you wanted or who you wanted. Embrace the God life. My life will never change because of who's in the White House, it'll only change because I'm in God's house. Yeah. What is this, Freak Week? Y'all act like you don't know what to do. Listen to me. This will change your life if you'll listen to this today. Because you're going to have plenty of opportunity starting Monday to have conversations that you should never have. How many of you know sometimes you just need to shut up and pray up? Because you know what? The reality at the end of the day, love is what's going to never fail. Your wisdom, your intelligence, your information, all those things may fail. But I'll tell you, if you love people... That will never fail. And so we're going to love everybody. We're going to be kind. We're going to be firm. We're going to, in our faith, we're going to have conviction. But if the reality is, I'm going to declare what God says. And it says, embrace this God life. Really embrace it, and nothing will be too much for you. This mountain, for instance, just say, go jump into the lake. No shuffling or shilly-shallying, and it is as good as done. That's why I urge you to pray for absolutely everything ranging from small to large. Include everything as you embrace this God life, and you'll get God's everything. And when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. If you have anything against someone, forgive. Only then will your heavenly Father be inclined to also wipe your slate clean of sins. Very, very important that we understand when we speak poorly of someone, we're sowing seeds of them speaking poorly of us, and not just them, but others. My Wednesday night call may have been misunderstood a little bit. It was about sowing seed, but it wasn't just about financial seed, lest you get worried to think that's what this is about. This is much bigger than that. You you sow whatever you sow will be what you grow. So if you want to sow kindness, and some people say, I'm really nice, I don't know why God doesn't bless me financially, because you're sowing a kind seed, not a financial seed. It'd be like saying, I'm going to go plant some orange seeds, but I really want grapefruits. They look similar, but they're really not. So the reality is that our words are seeds that are sown. I had a keyboard player one time that was a very good friend of mine actually, and if he's watching, he may get mad at me for saying this, so I 'm not going to give his name, but because I've had many keyboard players. but the, 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 he, he was really, really gifted in so many areas and he could speak and everything, and he wanted to start a class, and at that time, I had hundred 30,000 square feet or so of space and had classes going while I'm preaching and three to five services going on. So we had a lot of moving parts. And I had simple requirements for anyone that would stand behind a podium in a classroom or on stage. I have very strict rules that there are certain things we do. Number one, you walk in forgiveness, that we are a loving, forgiving people. That's without a doubt. Even if we're not doing it on that particular day, we believe in it and we're striving to it, okay? Because none of us are perfect. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking more, what do we believe, not what do we do? Because if we believe, we will do more of what we want to do than what we don't want to do because we believe. So... I had this thing: you feel, you walk in love, you forgive, and then that, that if you're teaching on one of my platforms, you're also a tither because you're not going to preach on my stage unless you tithe. Because if somebody asks you about tithing and you kind of wipe it, sweep it under the rug, you're not leading them in the direction. There are two primary platforms I live my life by. Number one is forgiveness. That's number one. I've got to forgive every day. Number two, giving. Those are the two things in life that I have found that if I'll do those two things, I will walk out the blessing of God. If I don't do those things, the blessing of God is going to have a really hard time getting to me because I've disobeyed the word of God. His statement to me was, well, I play the piano for you for free, so that's my tithe. I thought, you know what? Go get a bunch of pianos then because that's all you're ever going to get because that's what you're sowing. If you want blessed financially, you're going to have to tithe real money. I said, so the reality is what we try to do is we try to get this big, broad approach to God. God, here's what I need from you. And God says, okay, here's how to get what you need. Now, when I say this, please understand that it's really very simple in principle, but in action it's very difficult because oftentimes the blessing of God is connected to the sacrifice of man. So if I want to come to church and serve and give, some of you get here early, you're here at 9 o'clock, you're getting ready to greet people, you're sowing your time. You're sowing something into other people's lives, you're sowing, and that God's going to redeem that, and you're going to find time you wouldn't have had because you invested time you didn't have. You made time. So in a world that is filled with convenience and everything's at our fingertips, we no longer talk about sacrifice because sacrifice, after all, means that I have to give up something I don't want to give up. Yet throughout the Bible, sacrifice of praise to God. Offer up a sacrifice of praise. He uses the word sacrifice sacrificing in the Old Testament animals to say, God, we're giving up our very best, the the, the sheep that that is without spot or blemish. I'm sacrificing the best of that flock instead of God saying, "Eh, take that disabled one that's not going to live long anyway. No, he said, I'm bringing the best to you, God. The challenge is we want to be blessed without giving our best. And it all begins By the words that we speak. Like I said, God did not create the world with his strength. He created it with his words. You create the world with your words. And it's very, very important that we grasp this, that that I can speak to myself. When I sing to myself, it's not so good. But when I speak to myself, I can actually get happy and go, you know what, Mark? You should not feel this way. Jesus is bigger than this problem. I don't use King James language. Sometimes I don't even use the right language I should be using. time. <laughs> and so we have to understand, in Genesis 22, when God preceded Abraham, he said, "I'm going to bless you." So you'll be a blessing in Genesis 22. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he, he told Abraham, I want you to go sacrifice your son. I want, I want to be elevated above everything in your life. And so Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac and he looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. God was saying, I need a sacrifice and right now all you have is your son. But God says, I have something, if you'll obey me, I have something that you won't have to give up your son. I'll give you something to replace him, but you got to trust me. So Abraham takes his son, gets all the wood, ties his son down, I mean the whole thing, and he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, or in the, the original language, Jehovah Jireh or Erie, that, and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, this is a covenant God, uh declares the Lord that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. Why? Because he did what God said. He didn't complain. He didn't whine. He did what God said. Sometimes we have to speak to ourselves, and you say, how do I do that? Well, I've taught this all of my ministry life. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. There's power in the words that you speak. You build your faith. If you always say, I'm never going to, I'm never going to, I'm never going to. I played golf with an uncle for many years. My dad, it was one of the things my dad and I would do together, and he would drag me out every now and then with the group of guys he played with. And my uncle was, hands down, he was a really kind man. He was a really good man. But he would get over a three-foot putt and say, I just know I'm going to miss it. And he was successful. You say, well, that's just silly. Let me tell you something. You would be surprised if you just stopped and listened to yourself for a while at the changes you could make, simple changes by what you speak. It's very simple in theory. In practice, we have to overcome the negative thoughts. I'm an optimist. I'm not an idealist. I'm not a pessimist. I'm an optimist. An idealist doesn't acknowledge there is a problem. A pessimist acknowledges only the problem. An optimist looks at the problem and says, God's bigger. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation, take courage, I've overcome the world. He wasn't denying that there was a challenge in the world, but that he came back with that and said, but I'm optimistic that uh, I've overcome the world. So greater is he who's in us than everything going on in the world. So the blessing that is produced by the mouth. Life and death is found in the power of the tongue. doesn't mean physical life or death. I don't think I could speak to you and say, die, sucker, die. (laughs) (laughs) But I could hear one of your dreams and go, it'll never happen for somebody as dumb as you. How many guidance counselors have told people you'll never make it because your scores don't reflect that you can? God has often used people with low IQs to do great things. God is not moved by your intelligence or lack of. Now, He may, I don't want you doing surgery on me without some high intellect, but I mean, I'll let you do other things. I grew up in a very negative culture, a negative environment, and somewhat negative home, and I just always talked myself out of being negative because I just figured it wasn't going to do any good to talk about the problem and how everybody else was being blessed and why aren't we being blessed and God's just a random God who blesses who He wants. That's not true. People think they've been left out of God's plan or equation when in reality, they just haven't done the things necessary to produce the blessing they want. And uh, this is very, very important. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. We all cry about freedoms, but really, I don't think it's freedom we're looking for. Listen to this. I was watching a documentary last night, and I usually try to get something in my head just to kind of get, and it was pretty interesting that there was this one thought. And I, I, I'm the type of guy that will watch a movie and get one line from it, or a documentary and just get one line. It's all I need because I'm not brilliant enough to memorize the whole thing, but I can remember a sentence. And he said, the problem with most people in the world is they really don't want freedom. They want security. In order to have security, you give up a whole lot of freedom. I want freedom. I don't want security. My security is found in God, and, and the reality is I want order but I don't ever want to give up my freedoms. And that was the whole pandemic, is that, that we, 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 we thrived for security, and we lost so much of our freedom. You see, and, and there's always two opinions, and I'm probably going to be judged for this, but it's okay, I've been, I'm have kind of used to this. And I'm not saying anything, anybody's wrong, and I'm not judging anyone, and I don't care if you wear a mask, I don't care what you wear. I I, I, that doesn't, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about each individual has to identify what they want, how they want to live life without judging somebody else for the way they live it. I prize freedom. I am Mel Gibson in Braveheart. <laughs> and I know I'll be criticized for watching Braveheart. <sighs> but when they try to get Mel Gibson to kind of calm the crowd and tell him he was wrong as they're about to kill him and everything goes silent and all of a sudden he's laying there like this on this cross getting ready to be executed. Freedom! Chills. I would rather die than not live free. And I have no one to judge, and I'm not being critical of anyone, but I am challenging us today. For the first time in my life, I told my daughter this morning, I said, you know, I wasn't sure when I was young how I wanted to see Jesus, whether I wanted to see him come down to earth or see him when I go up from earth. I actually have kind of shifted my position to I think it would kind of be cool to see him coming down. Now, with that said, you've got to understand, there's a lot that has to happen. But a lot's happening. And I'm just so excited because, because this is the blueprint for humanity. And the day will come when this will be fulfilled. Now, whether or not I get to see it from the per- this perspective or that perspective, we'll all see it. And so our confession, our words, our statements, everything we do is a seed sown into the blessing God wants to bring. I don't want to get to heaven and be walking down the corridors of heaven when God comes up to a room and it has my name on it. It's plaque, Mark Crow i believe every one of us has a room in heaven that god has held our blessings in that room it's it's an inventory it's a warehouse and then when we open that door we walk in and i pray that every shelf in my warehouse is empty because god emptied his blessings to me on this side of heaven i don't want to get up there and say god said so you could have had that if you would you could have done this if you would you could i want to be able to say i did everything i could god i'm a greedy christian I'm greedy for everything you have. I want all your grace, your mercy, your promise. I want everything you have, God. But I know it's going to take sacrifice to get it. That means I have to be nice to people who are stupid. I have to speak kind to people who speak mean. I have to love people who are filled with hate. I have to give mercy to people who want to judge. I have to give grace to people But think about it, that's what Jesus did. He did all those things. And we're called to be like him. Put a guard over your mouth. Put a guard over your heart above all things. Guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life, the words that you speak. I want to sow so I can grow. I want to sow so I can grow. And that's not easy, man when you, when you think you've got all the right words to say i used to think i was right about everything now i think i'm right about very few things <sighs> which may be wrong i don't know <laughs> but i'm willing to be wrong if that means i can be right cuz i don't care about being right as much as making right and living in that that place of god's blessing i want to be blessed I'm going to kind of close with this. Beloved, I would have all, above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I'm talking about prosperity of the soul before I'm talking about anything. What's prosperity of the soul look like? Prosperity of the soul means I, I, I embrace peace, this God life, this peace, this joy, this mercy, this love, this kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control. All of those things are soul Prosperity. Love, joy, peace. If I don't have those things, it doesn't matter if I have the world and I have everything. I need to have those things. It's very easy to tell if someone is happy or sad. There are two ways their words and their countenance. I don't know if any of you who are married have ever looked and say, Honey, are you mad? No. <laughs> really? Could have fooled me. We're dead giveaways. The words, the volume, tell me your story. It's not hypocrisy to say the right thing. It's never hypocritical to say the right thing, even if you don't feel it. Don't let your feelings drive you. Let the words of your mouth drive your feelings i'm going to love i'm going to forgive i'm going to be kind and with everything in me and i'm not that person by nature i am not a good nice person by nature i was born type a triple a quadruple a they don't even have batteries for me until they come up with a 5a it's done i i I need the Spirit of God desperately. And when I speak the right words, faith begins to build in my life and I begin to change according to those. The reason I like worship so much is because the words bring life to my soul. They prosper my soul. It's not that I think God likes me more because we're singing praises to Him. I don't think it's really that much about Him as much as it is about us. I think God wants us to praise Him because we're sowing into His kingdom, and He can bring a harvest into our lives. We're honoring the one who honored us with His own life to the point of death. Articulating praise, that's a confession. That's words of our mouth that produce the blessing of God never make it. How many times have you ever heard those? We'll never make it. We'll never have anything. Nothing good will ever happen to us. Our life, our history tells me that. Well, you know what? You can live in your history or you can pursue your future. That's your choice. I choose to pursue my future instead of living in the past. Watch what you say this week. Be careful. Be cautious with your words. Even to yourself, there are times I make mistakes and I find myself going, oh, Mark, that was so stupid. That's okay to say that was stupid, but not it's never okay to say I'm so stupid because God made you and God didn't make stupid. Stupid is a result of our own will and stupid decisions. But you're not stupid. You do stupid things sometimes. But I have to find myself to talk to myself. You're better than that. You can do this. It's okay. We're so far behind. In one second, God can catch you up. In two seconds, God can get you ahead. Things can come outside of nowhere. I oftentimes say, God, I don't know where it comes from. I just know it's coming. And then every now and then, I'll just intentionally spin around. If somebody saw me, they'd think I was silly, but I'm looking in every direction. I don't know where that blessing's coming from, but it's coming from somewhere. And God, if you want to knock me over, hit me in the back with it, I'll go down with blessed. You can hit me in the front, back, side. I don't care. I'm just declaring our best days are ahead. The best is yet to come. Don't depend on anybody but God. Now, you have to work and all that. I'm just saying don't look. This week has been so difficult for everybody, and everybody's looking at the government, I'm saying, you know, it's we the people. It's not them the government. It's we the people. And you know what? If if this world decided just to embrace each other in love, we would confuse DC like never before. We just decided I'm gonna hug you. Congratulations! I just love you. But when you do that, you feel like a hypocrite because you think you're endorsing their opinion when really all you're doing is endorsing their person. I love you regardless. And I know this sounds silly, and to just really strong-willed people, this makes no sense, and you'll be mad at me. But, you know, as a pastor, one of the things I've I've had to grow in and learn is that y'all don't come here to hear my opinions about politics and all that. You come here to hear about Jesus. And I'm going to bring you Jesus every week. I'm going to bring you love every week. I'm going to bring you every week. Why? Because I want our souls to prosper. I want us to be calm. I want us to be kind. And, you know... I, 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 I would never want to be Jesus. I feel so kind of apologetic that he has to deal with all of us. <laughs> if somebody says, if I was just God, oh, you wouldn't want it. It'd crush you like a gnat under the foot of an elephant, you'd be dead immediately. Think about the job that God has. I think, thank you. Keep the job. You were my write in ballot. I'm going to do a couple more weeks on this thing called blessing. He said, whoever curses you will be cursed. Now, please get this, and and, and I'll close with this thought. When you bless, you're sowing seeds of blessing. Whether it's kind words, whether it's mercy, showing grace, whatever it is, you're sowing that. Money, you're sowing that. So if you say, well, I'm a good person, I go to church, I pray, I pray. Why doesn't God bless me financially? Because you're not giving finances. You're giving kindness. You're giving time. You're giving serving. If you want oranges, sow orange seeds. This is where most Christians lose it. Well, I'm as good as they are. I'm in church more than they are. I pray more than they do. And you say, why am I broke? Because you're sowing different seeds. I wish I could just, I just wish you could get this. I really do. And if you only knew that George Barna research says less than 5% of Christians even tithe, I'm thinking we're not getting this. We're just not getting it. You're just withholding. God bless my business, bless my finances, and you don't give anything. God says, well, give me something to work with. You think I'm just going to randomly bless you? Then I have to do that to everybody. And I can't do that to everybody because it would violate my covenant that if you don't obey me, I can't bless you. You, you want God to do something. It would be like blessing your children when you like, take out the trash, clean up your room, and, and then I'll give you the keys to the car. They don't do it, but you give them the keys to the car anyway, you've just ruined them. You didn't obey me, but I'm going to bless you anyway. You're enabling poor character. Okay, I'll probably I'll shut up. I'm meddling now. No, I, I just, you know, I'm a pastor, and every now and then I get real pastoral. I get prophetic. I get evangelistic. Uh, I get all those things, and I feel those coming on, and I feel that now because I'm just going, folks, listen to me. If you looked at your spouse and said, we're going to become givers, we're going to become sowers, we're going to become lovers, when you start declaring that, you'll start doing that. Until you declare that, you'll withhold that, and you'll wonder why you're shortchanged. It's because your change is very short. There are times all I can pray is, God, help me. (laughs) I don't even know how to pray. God, help. Let's pray. God, help. We need you, Lord. And I want those words to be etched in the corridors of heaven. God, we need you. I need you. I want you. I desire you. I honor you, I serve you, I worship you, I glorify you. May my words line up with your word, that nothing is impossible with you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nothing's impossible. The worst sinner in the world, Paul said, I'm the worst of all sinners, and yet he was one of the greatest of all apostles, ends up being. It begins, life really begins when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. He already has faith in us. Now we must put our faith in Him. And how do we do that? We do it with the words of our mouth. It's where blessing begins, confessing that Jesus is Lord. And He will bless that which we confess. So I want to ask all of you to pray this with me, those of you that uh, even are Christians, pray with those who are recommitting their lives or giving their life to Jesus for the very first time. Pray this with me. Say, Father God. Thank you for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. And I declare today, I am saved, I am forgiven, I am your friend. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do me a big favor, and I want to ask you to text the word SAVED with your name, to 405-500-1310 the number on the screen 405-500-1310 text the word saved in your name and we'll get that and pray with you and stand with you hello this is Pastor Mark Crow I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online we hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30am and 11am Or join us online. God bless you.